calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome. You've got digital folklore. Hi, I'm Perry Carpenter. And I'm Mason Amadeus. This is the Digital Folklore Podcast after the episode. So that means you listen to this after you've listened to episode two of season two because you'll be confused or have things spoiled. The other thing I realized, though, is when we post them at the same time, this one shows up above the other one. It does, but it should be labeled as bonus. Yeah, which which is true. It's so hard to figure out how it's going to land in different podcatchers. Yes, some of them, one I saw, it doesn't even categorize in the same thing. It just like falls below everything else. So you have to go look for it. So um, it is somewhere within whatever podcatcher you prefer. Um, It might be above, it might be below, it might be beside, it might not replicate. It's, It's somewhere. But don't listen to this until you've listened to episode two of season two because fun things are afoot. Um, yes. What is afoot, Mason? What is afoot is, well, a lot, I suppose. <laughs> it's an appendage at the end of a leg. I was I was like, I realized, um, I had started speaking before I realized I could make that joke and I was trying to see how I could walk back to it, but I couldn't. Uh, it didn't have legs to put a foot on. So, see, <laughs> episode uh. two, a lot less ambitious in terms of sound design, partly by accident, but partly by design, because like my, my, my approach always has been, although I want to expand it more, is, is very diegetic. All the sound is supposed to originate in the scene. I'm tr- picturing a visual thing and then just putting in all the sounds you would hear if it was filmed on location. And there wasn't a lot of room for the sort of illustrative creative sound design, which is, you know, putting music under talking or weird buildups, stuff that doesn't originate in the scene. So it's pretty simple sounding, at least. There's still... And there's stuff going on under the hood, but it's it's the boring, simple stuff. Yeah, There's a little bit more Digby in this episode, though, right? Yeah. Trying really hard in writing it to make Digby more of a valuable member of the team because there's there was a charm right to a, a person who's on the show who cannot speak. And you just kind of you can assign any emotion, motive and personality you want when Digby's a raccoon that doesn't have language. We gave Digby language and now we need to give Digby personality and uh, I want I want to try and flesh out more about him, his lore, what he's like. Yeah. Well, you have to you have to ascribe more purpose, too, because you're given more virtual screen time, uh, more purpose, more value other than just being there and being cute pitter patters and something off camera that uh, that people can make stuff up with. 
Um, we also learned that Digby wants to be able to, to use foul language, but can't for whatever reason. So, yes. so what's the thought there? Uh, well, I mean, uh, the thought was that it would be funny, <laughs> but in, in the true fashion of everything that we seem to do, that is going to tie into a bunch of other stuff that ends up happening. Um, <laughs> and, and we want to make it a family-friendly show, so Digby yeah. won't just let it fly, Digby may want to, but is going to get cut off. Of all the characters, of all the recurring characters, Digby's the most likely to, to swear like a sailor. So it's funny if he literally <laughs> is unable to. Yeah, the, I think the frustration. You know, Digby, Digby's life is actually pretty hard. I mean, he's been taken into this. This, I mean, not only does he live with you in whatever <laughs> situation he finds himself in and is relegated to eating whatever scraps you have laying around, but then gets sent to a vet experimented on for a while, comes back having the gift of language, but not necessarily knowing what to do with all of that, being able to Google things, but having complete unfettered access to the internet in your brain isn't necessarily always a good thing, right? Yeah, which we will see more of as the season progresses. <laughs> what does it mean if you have internet access in your brain? If you didn't catch the after credit scene from this episode, I suggest giving that a careful little listen. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of fun writing this one, I think. Um, even if the sound design isn't the fun part, I stuck a lot of tiny little tidbits in this one that I hope ring well for other people because I, for the first time I was trying to like write what, you know, people always say that. And so what I know is this specific weird corner of the internet and a lot of unrelated random facts. Um, so squeezing those in like all the references in the beginning is where, um, throwing the ball around. Like I was a massive Homestar Runner fan. So to be able to throw that in, uh, Neopets and Webkins, my little sisters were obsessed with. Uh, I was obsessed with Newgrounds. Club Penguin was a whole thing. I don't know if these will necessarily hit for everybody, but I think for the people that it will hit, they're going to be, they're going to appreciate it. My kids were huge Club Penguin fans. And like when Flash got taken out of the thing, actually, I think um, before Flash was retired, Club, Club Penguin went away. And then they found somebody who had made a replica of it and put it on another mm -hmm. site. And then I think they also went to archive.org and pulled it up. Um, so there was a lot of people out there that had a love for these old sites that are now deprecated that are finding ways to resurrect them, which is its own well, bit of folklore. It is. Well, and I did, I actually did a, a bit of a deep dive on a bunch of the little tiny factoids that ended up in this. One of them was Club Penguin. It, it did get shut down. There was a whole flipping the iceberg thing, which is kind of a cool, I, yeah. I wanted to work it in, ended up cutting it from the, from the final version of the script, but in Club Penguin, there was a big iceberg that you could hang out on as one of the zones. And someone, this idea just started with someone and spread that, hey, if we get enough people to stand on one side of this thing, maybe it'll flip over. And so it was this thing people did for ages, just all cluster on one edge of this iceberg. And one of the final gifts from the developers was they did end up flipping it over <laughs> for them, which was really cool. But then... The story gets sad because it all ends in greed. Club Penguin shuts down. Replicas start popping up. People even remade it without using the original assets. And Disney went after them like, like wild. Mm. Took them down. Not because they want to put it back up, but because they don't want anyone potentially making money off of their IP. So. Oh, now it's just sad. Yeah. Both, <laughs> Club Penguin is dead. Long live Club Penguin. Same thing with LimeWire, which we talked about, which I used a lot when I was younger. Pretty sure I got a copy of Adobe, uh, or actually at the time, Macromedia Flash mm. from LimeWire when I was a kid to make animations to put on Newgrounds. Now that, uh, it was a specific era of, of, of the internet that I miss. Yeah, and now everything is new, shiny, NFT, monetizable fun, right? 
Yeah, when I dude, when I googled LimeWire and I saw what it is now, my heart broke into a thousand pieces. <laughs> the first Google result, LimeWire, the new AI generated NFT marketplace. <sighs> I wanted to I, I wanted to throw up. Is it actually owned by some of the same people or did it fully get scrubbed from the internet and then somebody just resurrect the name? It's it's that one, the 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 latter. Okay. Um the people who do it now have nothing to do with the original people. Here's a little fun factoid too, because I, I guess that's just the mood I'm in at the moment. LimeWire works on, it's a peer-to-peer network, right? So yeah. it can't be, there's no centralized server. It's, it's person to person. It runs on the peer-to-peer network infrastructure, Nutella, G-N-U-Tella, which was developed by Justin Frankel, the person who makes Reaper, the audio oh. editing software I use. He's also the guy who created Winamp, and all of the skins for Winamp really? and the music visualizer for Winamp. Uh, yeah, Justin, for this guy, which is, he, I, I fell down this rabbit hole too in the process of writing this episode. He worked for AOL. AOL bought Winamp after a while. It got really big. And so he was working for AOL and he developed Nutella and like, he kept putting that up on like the AOL company servers for people to download. And AOL was getting mad. Like, you can't stop. People are like using this for piracy. You have to stop. <laughs> and like, they forced him to take it down. He kept slapping his wrists as he was putting up things he, that people didn't want him to put out. I want to I want to meet and talk to Justin Frankel really bad because Reaper is the best audio editing program I've ever used in my life. It's, it's incredible. And also all of these other relics of the internet, he somehow had his hands in and I had no idea. Interesting. Well, maybe he, if he's listening, probably yeah. not. <laughs> Justin, Probably give us not. a call. Uh, hello yeah. at com. Or if anybody knows Justin or how to get in touch um, or has an email or is really good at research and stalking people. Yeah, let's start a campaign to get me to talk to the guy who made Reaper. Definitely. Um, what could go wrong? Yeah. So tell us, um, we're, we're in episode two here. This is a 10 episode arc. What... Um, where does this fit narratively and who are the guests and, and what purpose do they serve in this? Yeah. So unintentionally, like the first season we talked about, we followed like a traveling episode at home episode, traveling at episode at home episode, sort of accidentally did that this time too, where there's kind of more of an at home episode. As far as the purpose that it serves is really just, we had a lot of things that were interesting but somewhat unrelated. And we wanted to like make sure we could share them. Like we recorded that interview that you and I did with Lauren Shippen and Cherokee McAnally just after we had done the first episode of Digital Folklore. So that audio has aged. It has, yeah. Uh, so like, but we wanted to make sure we had a, had a good place to work that in. And um, you had found Cassandra Pfeiffer from, where did, how did you get in touch with Cassandra? Cassandra Pfeiffer did a lecture on uh, Mark Norman's Folklore Podcast Lecture Series. So Mark, um, who was the wizard in episode one, um, runs a number of different folklore-related projects. And one of the things that he does is he has these folklore lectures that are not part of the podcast that you can go buy tickets for, you can buy a season pass for. And uh, she had this great lecture on folk groups and the things that divide us and the things that bind us in those groups and got into a lot of the fun things that we kind of brought back into um, this interview within uh, this episode as well. So I thought it, it, it fit in directly with almost too well with the things that we wanted to explore this episode. Yeah. And you can still get, you can like buy the replays, right? Like you can go there now and like get. Yeah, you can buy the replays. They're like insanely affordable as well. I think it's like five bucks. Maybe I could be wrong. Help Mark cover the costs kind of thing, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. The stuff Mark's doing is really cool. 
Hey, listeners, if you're like me and enjoy escaping to a real movie theater, then Regal Unlimited just makes sense. It's the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass that pays for itself in just two visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime with no blackout dates or restrictions. And your membership lets you get into premium format shows like IMAX and 4DX at a reduced cost. Plus, you'll save 10% on all non-alcoholic concessions. Regal Unlimited, it's the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass that pays for itself in just two visits. So, if you're planning on seeing a couple movies this month, join Regal Unlimited. Now is the best time as summer's coming up. Sign up now in the Regal app or on the website at regmovies.com unlimited. And be sure to use the code FOLKLORE24 to get 10% off a three-month subscription. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey ya, Mason here. And I don't think I've mentioned it on the show before, but I have two cats, two big old boys named Chester and Cinders, and I love them both very much. But I didn't grow up with cats, and I've never suffered from general allergies like pollen, so it took me an embarrassingly long time to realize that I was allergic to them. No joke, when I started working from home, I would say things like, wow, I feel like I'm losing my voice every day, or isn't it weird, I can't breathe through my nose for some reason. Ultimately, it was my partner who said, that really sounds like allergies. Allergies, and long story short, now I take a Claritin every day. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claret and Clear. Use as directed. We had talked about trying to do a series of diving into different internet communities based on platforms. So like, let's talk about Tumblr. Let's dive into Reddit. But that didn't necessarily take shape because right. there's not so much, the, the, because platforms now are so wide ranging and broad that there are traits of each of them, but that's not as interesting as getting even more specific. But Tumblr was a unique use case. Yeah. And then talking about that concept overall with Cassandra Pfeiffer, this was just sort of the perfect way to to bring those ideas together and get them out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if we if we really wanted to go down the rabbit hole of exploring different online platforms, there's probably a couple ways we could go. But Tumblr was a great entrance into that kind of conversation because it does have this really unique user base that not everybody knows or understands. Uh, it attracts certain people. It has a very interesting way of, uh, of creating community and doubling down on that community um, and really, you know, understanding fan service. Uh, so I mm-hmm. think that that worked really well. But if we were to expand that later on, it'd be really, in, you know, fun and interesting to look at Tumblr versus Reddit versus like 4chan versus TikTok. You know, those are mm-hmm. you know, widely different in the way that uh, people approach those different platforms because TikTok is a folklore creation machine, essentially. Um, you put up a video, you can stitch onto it, you can respond to it, you can you know, grab, uh, you can grab the audio, you can put green screens behind everything. So it's made to be interacted with and have this multi-generational format versus something that is you know, participatory in a different way like Tumblr. But uh, when we get to Tumblr, there was this great use case around Goncharov that really, mm-hmm. really made sense for us to explore because it is about a group creating 
folklore around this thing that they just kind of willed into existence. Yeah, all because of this silly tag that was on a pair of boots. Exactly. Which is like, it's a... If we were to do a deep dive about how each platform affects and shapes the folklore that's created on it different ways, I think that would be neat. But I think what happens is that we we end up covering aspects of that every time we talk about something different. So so it it like bleeds across the things we talk about. So this was a good way to dip into Tumblr. I don't think this is the last we'll hear from Tumblr. No, I don't think so. I, I think Tumblr is the gift that keeps on giving because that's the one that my son showed us this this big thread about clown meat at one point. And I think we need, need to explore stuff like that. At the point in production that we are recording this, that may still make it into the episode because you mentioned that a little bit. It might, it's one of the things that's like on the edge of like, do we need to cut this for time? Right. So there's a little behind the scenes bit too. Interesting. I forgot that I mentioned that in in that interview. Yeah. And it was funny. So I might, I'm trying to keep it. Yeah. And I I guess from an ethical standpoint, should a delicatessen sell clown made if that's available? Right. Are clowns people too? We should have asked uh, Ben Radford about that, who we interviewed for a later episode about clown lore. We should have, but we could probably still get Ben back at some point. Yeah. Or just, we, get, just... Get, we, we could get some audio of Ben screaming as he's going through like, <laughs> a, like a meat slicer. I'll, I'll sound design him into a meat grinder. Or we could just send him an email and be like, Ben, what are your thoughts on clown meat? Please respond with an attached MP3. He actually did talk about clown meat, but it was an entirely different kind of meat. Yeah, he did. I wonder if we'll end up using that or not. Probably for Patreon. I don't think so. Yeah, I think for Patreon that'll make it in. For the normal show that's family friendly, probably not. I don't think so much. No, but I yeah. That we're a we're a bit of a ways away from that. You'll be here. You who are listening will be hearing about that on October 16th-ish. Yeah. I believe. 16th or or 30th. I don't remember which one that is. I don't have the sheet in front of me because I had to reinstall Windows because my computer started acting funny. Uh I had a tooth abscess, the mainline plumbing in my house backed up into the tub, and then my computer started getting screwy all in the span of the week we released episode one. It's a fun episode, and we still got it out. Uh, not Mostly on time. Cl- close to. <laughs> close, close to on time. With no major issues, which is an accomplishment. Yeah, no, no accidentally uploading the wrong file. Actually, so Digby and I did get to insult you at the same time, which that, that was, was fun because it was a total ad lib uh, <laughs> in the script. It was just that uh, you basically call Digby out to make sure he is going to keep track of it. And then Digby's like, yeah, I'd never miss a chance to make Mason look dumb. And then you and Digby went back and forth and you were both just piling on me. And that's very funny. Which which is also fun because you know the person that plays Digby extremely well. And so that uh, I'm sure that the opportunity to dig on you never goes without yeah <laughs> it never goes by. Ne- never don't can never miss that i can't say i can't figure out what I, yeah you, you could never miss that opportunity the um i was trying to see if there's any other like little tidbits that were like true or whatever there's that bader meinhoff discussion at the end that just tapers off which was me stream of consciousness writing <laughs> at the end there so yeah this episode was a little bit scattershot but identity community tying everything in and it works for being scattershot because you and I don't know what we're going to talk about going into this meme expo, which is going to be a very fun sound design project. Going to try and get a lot of little ancillary voice parts and things in there. Uh, some people have reached out about doing voice bits for the show, which is awesome. I'm going to reach out to those folks. Yeah. So if you've, if you've reached out and you've not heard back from us yet, it's not because we're 
intentionally ignoring you. It's because we're trying to get some stuff wrapped up and then coordinate uh, a process for getting back in touch with people as well. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I was just been I've been buried, but I want I have plans for you, all of you who have reached out. It's not going to be any like massive roles, but we have like there's going to be like a lot of little fun things. Yeah. And we can uh, as we go forward, find fun things to do or create fun things to do as well. Oh, yeah. To be clear, I did say that this episode was scattershot, but that is that is planned. Like we have the whole season's outlined. I felt as though this was a good way to tie narrative into the content we had to present because it was like, well, we have kind of this scattershot that's sort of related. And then, oh, and this narrative, what if we're throwing ideas around trying to find something? It seemed like a good way to, to bring those two things together. If that loops you in on the thought process of structuring this show, because we yeah. have most of the interviews recorded. Well, probably half, little over half. For, for the full season? Yeah. For the season, I was going through the, the outline the other day. At least two thirds of the interviews are already recorded. Yeah, there, we have a good number of them. Some folks that, fingers crossed, we still have in the pipeline uh, to get through. A lot of folks we've already contacted. There's some folks that are on our dream list that we want to get done. Um, but I think we've got some alternates that we can go to as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, yeah, actually, it's really just the last three. Well, the the very last one we're working on setting up very soon, but uh, eight and nine. I think are the only ones we need to get more interviews yeah. for. And episode 10 looks like it's going to be a really fun crossover episode or collaboration episode with another podcast if all that comes together. Yes, that's going to be so good. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, which uh, does look like that's going to come together because we were just emailing back and forth about that. This morning. Yeah. Yeah, this morning. So fingers crossed everybody's timelines work and that'll be a really fun project that we can tell people about soon. Yeah. Or or when it releases. We'll 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 have we'll have we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to play that by yeah. I wonder when they're gonna do their part. We can talk um, about that when we know more about yeah. more. Also something in these after episodes um in the future will uh I don't I don't have any for this one. I don't think I will have any for this episode, but there's a lot of times where there's questions or things that will get left to the very last stage of getting cut. So they'll get isolated and cleaned up. And like ready to go and then get taken out because of time or flow. And I feel like these after episodes would be a good spot to put those. Yeah. If not, and we don't put it in an after episode, then we can throw it on Patreon or something like that so that we can make sure that we get those out there. Yeah. If you've already done all the work on exerting them and cleaning them up, we'll find a way to reuse them. Find somewhere to stick them. Yeah. Not related to the episode, but on Spotify, there was a great comment that we got from a listener. Um, I'll read that out too. Yes. Because these kind of things are super encouraging and Spotify is a platform that allows people to interact directly with the episodes now. So it's really cool to see some of that come in organically from people that we don't know personally. And it says, I, I may not be the target audience, but this has rapidly become one of my favorite shows. It's like a wacky crossover of our fake history and welcome to Night Vale. I love the variety of content. And being compared to those shows at that level is Really, really cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I am so happy about that. I don't know what higher bar we could aim for, <laughs> you know? I know. That's pretty much it. Like, that's, yes, please. I'm kind of thinking, I'm trying to make sure that I can tuck that away in my head as a, when people ask me what the show is like. A lot of people jumped on Discord recently. Yeah, a bunch of people have just cool joined the server. I need to, I need to get in there more to, to chat. I've just been trying to buckle down on the, on the production side. You've been dealing with like plumbing and teeth. Oh, speaking of plumbing and teeth, 
We've mentioned this a couple of times, but I don't think we've linked it in show notes yet. So we'll link um, the first thing that Mason and I worked on together, which was oh. a PodCube episode that we did for an Eighth Layer Insights episode where I was interviewing Brian Brushwood, who has a show called World's Greatest Con, and uh, we wanted to do something fun for that. So Mason has a great show called PodCube that he does with his friends Jordan and Tucker. And this would be, if you've not listened to PodCube yet, this would be a fun gateway episode to listen to as you get into PodCube. <laughs> it's uh, it's probably, it's one of my top like favorite. If there's ever... It, Someday we'll make a highlight reel of PodCube. My favorite one is the flower shop episode. The florist one? Yeah. That's funny. That one was like the the gateway one, I think, for for uh, a lot of folks. That's also one I, I like. But the, the Zuckerberg baby teeth heist was just tops. Large water number, which yeah. I still, I wish we had thought of a better punny name for uh, playing off Ocean's Eleven besides large water number. But hey, um, yeah, that, that'll be fun. We can I can throw a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, put a link to that in the show notes and um, put a link to the Brian Brushwood A-Player yes. Insights episode. That way people get both of those bits of context. Yeah, because that, that was also a great episode talking with Brian Brushwood. He's an interesting guy. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, we hit a fair amount of stuff. But yeah, episode three is on the way in another two weeks. Who does episode three have? Do you have that off the top of your head? I actually have the outline pulled up so I can tell you right now. Yeah, episode three has Christina Downs and Josh Chapdelaine. That's us at the Meme Expo. Right. Christina Downs is a folklorist out of Texas. Uh, Josh actually works at an organization called Digital Void, which you should definitely check out if you get a chance. They mm -hmm. run their own conferences. They have a podcast that uh, talks about a lot of digital culture as well. Um, so definitely worth a look there. They have like video series and video series. What's the plural of series? Is it series? Series of videos? Yeah, well, multiple series. Serieses? I think Apple might take them to court over that. Yeah. <laughs> Digital Void is awesome. The stuff they do is awesome. And I want to get to one of their live meetups at some point. Uh, the meme in the moment is fun. Exactly. We, we talked about that. They they run those out of, I think, comedy clubs, which is really fun. Yeah, there there's a lot of crossover between them and us in terms of tone and vibe. I think you'll like them. You'll and once you meet Josh in, in next episode, I think you'll really like them. And Christina's amazing too. Oh, yeah. Head of the Texas Folklore Society. Christina has a podcast that she's not doing anymore, but you should go check it out anyway. Uh, the the episodes are really good. It's called Crime Lore, and she goes through a lot of uh, true crime stuff, but looks at the folkloric aspects of those. Crime Lore. Crime Lore. It's got a great name too. Well, we mentioned a couple podcasts as part of this. Are there any other podcasts? related or adjacent or sound design-ish that you would want to recommend that people that like our show should check out? Mason doesn't like podcasts. It's not that I don't like podcasts. It's that now that I don't drive for work, I just have no chance to listen. And I'm editing audio pretty much all day or like working adjacent to audio. So it's not like I can listen while I work, you know? Yeah. So I actually haven't listened to very many podcasts. The one I've been hooked on lately is is 13, which is uh, Brooks' podcast, The Voice of Digby, which is like this eerie, spooky stories. 13 is so good. It's really good. The Their sound designer and composer are the same person, Caleb Ritchie. He's off the charts. And it's always it's got such a unique, like, slow burn vibe. It's very good. I love that. So if you're in the mood for something spooky as we're getting closer to October, 
13 is great. So there's one other podcast that I would recommend. Um, maybe every now and then we can recommend a few other shows too. But mm. if you're into folklore, there's a podcast called Urban Legends that you should check out by Luke Mordu. And I think he's between seasons right now, but puts out a lot of good in-depth discussion about the history of different bits of urban legends but then wraps them in his own narrative where he'll create a story based on the urban legend. So he'll start with an opening for a story about the urban legend, then go into the middle bit. He'll give the history and a lot of investigative journalism around that, and then he'll close out the story at the end. Um, similar to that, there's another podcast called Freaky Folklore uh, from Carmen Carrion on the EerieCast Network, and she has a similar take on that. She'll uh, start with a narrative uh, bit that she's created on her own that's story-driven, then go into a lot of the history around the folklore and then close out that narrative at the end. Um, so two good shows that if you like this blend of real stuff and narrative that uh, you'll like one or both of those shows. Yeah, those both sound wicked cool. Yeah, both both uh, driven by people that obviously really love the subject and have a good creative streak as well. Yeah, I'm going to have to check those out. I just need to do, a, I need to deep clean the house and have a little podcast binge day. Yeah, you do. You need something to simulate the driving action that you, you've lost your drive. I've lost my drive. You've lost your podcast have. drive. Oh, but the people okay. outside have, and I don't know if that got picked up. Holy smokes. I heard something. Yeah. All right. Well, with that then, now that uh, the outside is croaching to, on, into the inside, I guess we should sign off. So yes. I'm done. How about you? I'm done. And this was Digital Folklore. Folklore. <laughs> folklore. Mason Amadeus. And this is Digital Folklore. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.